This is the Tech Arts Podcast, where we talk about tech, leadership, and all things that concern church audio, video, and lighting. Welcome to the Tech Arts Podcast. My name is DL. I'm so glad everyone is continuing to join us for the Tech Arts Podcast. Check this out. Our episode with Todd Elliott hit 11,000 views on YouTube. I'm so humbled by how many of you continue to support us by listening and sharing the podcast. Speaking of YouTube, everyone needs to go to our YouTube account and subscribe. This allows you to be the first one to see our new episodes when they release. We have several episodes that I guarantee will help you upgrade your tech leadership knowledge. For example, the episode entitled The Most Important Tech Position. If you're a pastor, technical artist, or worship leader, you need to check this one out. It will help you build your team with the right people. Plus, between YouTube and our podcast outlets, this one by far has the most listens and views. It has a combined total of 30,000 listens and views, meaning it has really resonated with the tech arts community. You can find this podcast in all of our podcasts by going to techartspodcast.com. At that website, you can not only listen to the podcast, but you can find your favorite outlet to watch or listen on. So go to techartspodcast.com today. All right, on today's podcast, we have Corey Aldrin from sermonshots.com. He's going to be giving us a church tech tip that you don't want to miss. We also have Ron Procopio from Wave Conference, and he'll be talking about the conference coming up in January and what all that entails. Plus, we have Ben Stapley, and he'll be with us talking about directing for IMAG. But before we get started, let's hear a word from our sponsors. Our main sponsor is Digital Great Commission Ministries. Whether you need help building a team, finding the right gear, or just better understanding the church tech world, DGCM is here for you. Because they are a 501c3 donor-sponsored organization, they come to your church for free and do an assessment of your tech, visitor engagement, and online streaming. Plus, we give away free gear. So be sure to go to audiovideolighting.com and register your email today. This will sign you up for all of the free giveaways and give you first access to everything we offer for free. So if you want free resources, training, or consulting, contact Digital Great Commission Ministries today by going to audiovideolighting.com. That's audiovideolighting.com. Today we have an amazing church tech tip that I want everyone to know about. It's called Sermon Shots. It was co-founded by a gentleman named Corey Aldrin. Corey started working with Christian devotional sites about 10 years ago, moving into software development, and about two years ago started developing software for churches. That brings us to this amazing online tool called Sermon Shots. I found this tool a few months ago, and I have simply been blown away at how it works. I wanted to share it with all of you So I reached out to Corey and was able to get him on the podcast today. Corey, welcome to the Tech Arts Podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hey, man, what is Sermon Shots and how does it help churches? Tell everyone out there who's not familiar with the product how that works. Yeah, so it's a a platform that helps you take your sermon from Sunday, the 30, 60-minute sermon, and cut it into video for social media. So 30, 60, 90-second clips. Uh, you know, reels and stories and 
whatever vertical format video that you're using on um, social media, they're getting great reach right now. And so this uses some really cool technology that just makes it really easy for churches to do this. So a lot of churches, they're hiring full-time people and they're putting a lot of assets into the social media side of things. Uh, and they're spending a lot of time doing the captioning. I think you're talking about how I can do the captioning and things of that nature. Um, so they're putting a lot of resources into it. Uh, your product makes this so much easier. I mean, how does it, how does it do that? Is it just I mean, is, is there just magic in the background or what's going on there? <laughs> a little bit of magic, maybe. But uh, yeah, so it, we've, we've put a lot of time and uh, an effort into making this really simple. Basically, like you were saying, if, if you know how to make these, you've used, made them in the past, it can take an hour or so. Uh, some, of the, some of the time-consuming pieces are trying to find the part of your sermon that is clippable. Like, where was that great moment, right? Like, you kind of remember where it is. Uh, one of the coolest things that we do is we do transcribe the whole sermon, and that's for, for two reasons. One is it just it adds that to your video at the end because lots of people listen on mute. But the second thing, and, and this is the best part, is it makes the sermon 100% searchable, like a Word document. So now you don't have to remember kind of like where was that, watch it again, you know, all that. You just type in a key word, key phrase, and it puts you right to that part in the video for you to be able to clip. So. That's very cool. I think you're being generous when you say an hour. For me, it's probably like two days to build these <laughs> things. But, uh, you know, that's awesome. So it kind of categorizes it and everything. You know, let, let's take a look at it. Can you give us kind of a demo? I know a lot of people out there are just listening. But if you if you go to YouTube, you can watch the Tech Arts podcast as well. Um, we'll try to talk it through so that you guys can can understand it from a listening perspective. But Corey, kind of let's let's take a look at your computer and, and get do a quick demo on this software. Yeah, sure. Let's do it. So the way it works, uh, we've broken it up into a, a few really easy steps. The first step is to upload your sermon. Uh, so what you do is you can upload from YouTube really simply by just having the uh, URL and we upload it right away for you or from your computer. And then we keep all of them. And so you can just scroll through and find the one that you want. And so I, I'll use this one. After you select the sermon, the next step is selecting the design that you want. So we have a graphic designer who makes 10 to 20 of these a week, and we're up to a database of probably up to three, 400 of them. And they range from vertical, square, horizontal. So vertical, I already mentioned this, vertical format video is, is really popular right now. You can filter by vertical if that's what you're looking for. Uh, they, they have lots of different uh, visuals from graphic heavy to not graphics, uh, different things like that. So if you're just listening right now, I'm looking at 10, 15. I mean, he keeps scrolling. I'm looking at all kinds of templates that you can just apply to your video and boom, you've got a, a ready-made edited template. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you find one that you like it, you just click on one that you want. Um, I'll just make, I don't know. Do you have one that you like that I can make? Should I just pick one? Just pick one. Just pick that one. I'll pick that one. After you pick the design that you want, the next step, and this this is the part that I uh, was mentioning before, it is fully transcribed. So on the left side of the screen here, it's completely transcribed. And what that does then is make it searchable. 
like I was saying. So up here on the top, you can just type in a word, a phrase that you're looking for. In this one, I remember uh, what I was looking for in this example was when he said the word greatest. So you type that in and what it does is it finds all the instances of that word and it goes right to that spot in the video here. So on oh the right my. side, the video. If you, oh my, that is, you know what, that is most of the work right there. Because uh, you're like watching the entire sermon. But you know, the good news is, by the time you get done making one of these, you've watched the sermon 18 times. The bad news is, you've watched the sermon 18 times. That right there is such a time saver. That's amazing. It just went right to the video piece where the word was at. Yep. yep. And then if if you're using a word that's used more often, maybe 10, 15 times, you just you use this down button, just like in a Word document where you're going through and finding the, the second instance, the third instance. And all along, it's going right to that part in the transcription and that part in the video. And so once you find the spot, let's say you find the spot here, for example, every sentence is blocked. And all you do is you hit this plus button next to each sentence and say, okay, I want that, that part to be in my video. I want that part, that part. And what you're doing is you're just saying, that's the sentence I want. And so instead of cutting video kind of in the traditional way, you're just saying, that's the part I want based on the sentence that he said. And what it's So instead of whipping out like a, the editing software, Adobe Premiere, Final Cut, this is essentially kind of, it, it's somewhat doing that for you by just selecting the words that you want, right? Yep. So after you're done selecting by clicking all the plus buttons, when we go on to the next step, we cut that video for you automatically in about 15, 20 seconds. Wow. So I, I can keep clicking each one. I can come down and uh, hit shift and hit the plus button and it selects that whole section. And down here on the bottom, it tells you how long your video is. So I can see I've selected 43 seconds. So if you're trying to stay under 60 seconds, that helps guide you through that. And each word, this is what is going to be transcribed on the final video. And so if there's a punctuation you need to change or kind of a churchy Christian word that gets spelled wrong, every one of these words can be uh, changed and fixed if needed. So it identifies that on the left side of the screen, and then you can go in and kind of modify and edit it before it places it on the video. Yeah, and so once you have what you want, if you select this, I selected one continuous piece, but you can also select multiple pieces throughout the sermon. So if the pastor says, you know, three topics and you want to select the three times within uh, the three different parts of the video, you can do that as well. And once you have that, you hit next. I need to save. And then here, what it's doing, uh, usually this takes about 30 seconds, uh, sometimes on video share a little bit longer, but what it's doing is it's taking that template we chose in step two, and then that clip that we picked and putting it all together, and you'll be able to preview it all right here. And then you hit play to preview it. And there's our template. There's the words coming up. That's pretty amazing. 
And then I'm assuming there's a way, how do you get it? Like, do you download it or how do you, how do you get it onto your system? Yeah. So, uh, if, if after you're done previewing, you like it, you just hit download right here and it's yours and you can share it wherever. Uh, there are some editing things that you can do. You can see up here, sermon title, right? Uh, if you want, you can remove it if you don't want it or edit it with whatever, um, whatever your title is that you want. And you type it and it adds it automatically there. You can change uh, colors, fonts. You can see down here at the bottom, uh, you've, once you add your logo one time into your account, it adds it automatically to every video. That can also be turned on and off if you want it. Wow. So your title, your, your logo, um, you can even kind of fine tune. I'm assuming you can put music or whatever you want on there as well. Yep. So down here on the bottom, there's music and... You just click on whatever one you want. It can be uh, slow, kind of like, uh, you know, churches add the pads at the at the end of the sermon, right? The pastor's kind of wrapping up and you have that emotional effect. Well, you can add that to, to any clip now that you want. It can be like that. We have more upbeat. That's more for like um, adding some, I don't know, emotional, another emotional effect basically to the video. Yeah, kind of drive the video a little bit. Are you able to upload your own? Yep, you can upload your own. Exactly. So we have some, and then you can upload. Very cool. Yeah. And then you just download it and right here. put it on your social media. And that's it. Exactly. That's very awesome. Hey, how did they get this? I mean, what are some of the – are you able to go into costs? I mean, is anything – like, detail how they get a hold of this product because it's amazing. Yeah, it's – uh. It's a web platform, and it's all on sermonshots.com. You can uh, sign up right there. On the homepage, there's pricing, uh, places where you can purchase. Every plan comes with a two-week free trial, so you can sign up. You get full access to everything during the two weeks. The most common plan used is $50 a month. Uh, if you pay yearly, it comes out to $40 a month. So think about that, guys. And gals out there that are listening, you you probably spend hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of dollars in either editing time, um, graphics, putting all of this together. Uh, you go to sermonshots.com. So is that S-E-R-M-O-N-S-H-O-T-S.com? Correct. You go to sermonshots.com and they do it all for you for a very low price. It's an amazing tool. You can check them out for two weeks. Uh, to make sure that you like it and it works in your workflow, I encourage everyone to go check out sermonshots.com. Corey, thanks for being on with us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right. Before we get to our podcast guest, Ben Stapley, and the subject directing for iMag, I want to introduce you to our next guest. He grew up in the church and entertainment production industry has been a part of major church conferences as well as producing the USITT Stage Expo. Now he has taken on a new and exciting endeavor called the Wave Conference. Please welcome to the Tech Arts Podcast, Ron Procopio. Hello, how are you? Hey, Ron, how you doing? I'm doing great. All right, I got to ask you, where are you at right now, man? It looks like you're down in the dungeon of music world. <laughs> it, it, it is the dungeon of music world. This is uh, this is my basement where um, my my music uh, has has come out of our our family's uh, basement here for uh, a few decades now. So yeah, there every instrument you could imagine is probably down in this thing somewhere. 
So are you, are you, I'm taking your drummer based on the drums I see in the background. No, uh, my brother's a drummer. Uh, I'm a guitar player by, by nature. Um, so I, you're the I, one with the ego, right? You're I, the guitar it, player. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Uh, you know, I, I grew up in the age of uh, the Eddie Van Halens and, and uh, the Def Leppards of the world. So yeah, I grew up uh, playing all that fun guitar stuff. And, oh, you can give me a little bit of Def Leppard, man. Oh, that's yeah. I love Def Leppard. Yeah, it's good stuff. I, the kids I, listen to it nowadays and kind of roll their eyes but i'm like oh this is this is the jam oh people would be horrified if they knew what i was listening to and i'm on the treadmill or and on an airplane they'd be (laughs) definitely not uh in the modern uh top 40 well ron what tell me about the wave conference what is wave conference the reason we're having you on is to kind of talk this through i think it's a really awesome uh place for techs to attend but tell us a little bit about it sure um so uh, you mentioned earlier that I had worked in some other events in the, the House of Worship community. I, I spent um, a number of years working on the WFX show, which a lot of people may know. Um, I was part of that group back in the beginning, uh, growing it up until 2010. Um, and then just a few years ago, I returned back to the House of Worship uh, community and I created the CFX event, which is currently out there. Wave is is my latest, my newest uh, uh, toy, I guess. I don't know, my, my, my new plan. It's um, it's intended to be a little bit smaller of an event in the sense that we're we're really uh, focusing on conversation and community. We wanted the people of the uh, worship teams and the production teams to be able to get together to learn uh, from experts like yourself and and Ben Stapley actually is going to be there um, at at our event and be able to talk to each other, meet some of the manufacturers um, where it's not necessarily overwhelming, but it's, it's a, a lower cost opportunity to come and connect and, and talk to each other. Very cool. So mm-hmm. it sounds like it's a little bit more of an intimate event. Yeah. I mean, is, is that the reason why I should attend? Because I know there's a lot of these going on nowadays and, you know, what kind of separates you from the others? Absolutely. Yeah. This is not, uh, you won't be walking for days. You won't have uh, your feet killing you at the end of the day. Um, it is honestly, you're probably going to see about 350 of your attendees or your fellow, uh, production team, uh, or worship team members there. Um, we're doing some, uh, unique all day workshops as well. Um, which is something that's a little bit different. It's, it's more intensive training, um, that we're doing. One is for worship team training. One is for audio specific, uh, focus. And then another one is lighting and video trainings. Um, and yeah, this is, this is an opportunity to really get together and have that in-depth conversation. You can meet with Altman Lighting or Panasonic and say, you know, this is what I'm doing. These are the challenges that I'm having. How would you suggest I go and fix these sorts of things? So it's more time to really talk about the, uh, the issues. Very cool. So, so who's speaking at this? Oh, wait, hold on. I'm speaking at this You're conference. You're speaking at this. <laughs> yeah, I'm, talk, I'm talking about LED walls, positives, negatives, fixes, and best use cases. So yeah. what, I don't know if your costs are a million dollars or what. Everybody needs to sign up just to come see me, right? I, That's, I would, that, I, I'm the main attraction of this thing, right? I, I'm there. <laughs> I'm there for that reason. Uh, yeah. No, I'm, have, I'm, uh, I'm kidding. I know Ben Stapley's mm-hmm. uh, speaking. Who else yeah. is speaking at this uh, thing? Mark McDonald. You might know him, uh, be known for something. He's, he's uh, doing it, uh, a really cool session on how to utilize audiovisual technologies to create your own specific brand. So Ooh. utilizing your your colors, your themes, your your ways in which you're utilizing that to create emotion and continuously 
uh, work things through. Uh, Bryce McNabb, um, you might know him. He's a, a three-time Emmy Award-winning uh, video director. Um, he's going to be speaking at our event. Uh, he's very passionate about creative storytelling uh, through video. Uh, we've got Doug Gould there. We've got um, Stephen Ellison of uh, The Light Source. Um, there's a whole bunch more that are coming. Um, and and just to be, I'm kind of giving you the first scoop. Uh, Ascension Worship is going to be doing uh, four sessions of education specifically around uh, worship team training, leadership, uh, working with the band and the tech teams together. It's, it's going to be a really cool piece um, that we're going to be announcing very, very soon. Let's get into the dates and costs of this. When is this happening? Where is this happening? And how much does it cost? Sure. Uh, January 24 to 26, uh, Orlando, Florida, because who doesn't want to be in Florida in January? Um, Sunny Orlando, Florida. I am telling you, I am from the Northeast, and any chance I can get on a plane to go south in the wintertime is, is for me, key. I will, uh, my, my wife is going to be incredibly jealous as I'm down there. And she's back here with the two-year-old. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, honey. That's, <laughs> that's just how it works. Um, the cost is actually, again, fairly inexpensive. Um, we're uh, It's $149 for an attendee. What that does is it gets you access to, I, I was going to say 25, but now we're closer to 30 sessions of education. Uh, we've got a church tour that we're doing of Discovery Church in their new broadcast facility. We're going to be bringing everybody over to the church and uh, touring it and then doing a worship service on our first day. Um, you also get access to all of the exhibitors. As I mentioned some of the names earlier with Altman and Panasonic, but you'll see uh, Megalite, uh, Audix, uh, Sennheiser, Shure. Uh, we've got all the Allen & Heath. Um, a lot of the big brands that you recognize are going to be there uh, to speak with you. That's awesome. Yeah. The Discovery Church Tour is going to be worth seeing, too. I helped design that mm. audio, video, and lighting for that uh, church, and it's it's pretty amazing. They did a great job in allowing me to kind of come in and, and set them up for success and give them some tools that really help them uh, express their worship. So January 24th through 26th. 2023 in sunny Orlando, Florida. It's $149 for the conference registration. Mm -hmm. Group pricing is available for three or more, so you can bring your entire team and save a little bit of money, I'm assuming. Absolutely. Plus, a ton of great speakers, an awesome tour. You got to get all the information and sign up today. You do that by going to wave-event.co. So that's wave event. .co. If you're watching us, it's on the screen. If not, let me say it one more time. Wave-event.co. Ron, thanks for joining us today and telling us about this uh, new endeavor that you have going on. It sounds exciting and awesome. I can't wait to speak there. I can't wait to uh, meet everyone in person as well. Thank you, David. It's great, uh, great to be here, and um, I hope to see you all there. Now let's move on to our main guest. His name is Ben Stapley. For over 20 years, Ben has created and captured moving and memorable moments for individuals, nonprofits, and corporations across the globe. Some of the fields he has worked in include pastoring, preaching, speaking, videography, photography, blogging, reporting, and producing. He also consults for churches and speaks at conferences about leadership, communication, and creativity. In the church world, he has been the creative arts pastor for Liquid Church in New Jersey, an executive team member for Christ Fellowship in Miami, where he oversaw worship, creative production, online communication, and guest services. 
Ben currently serves as the executive pastor at the Life Christian Church, where he leads staff and volunteers to execute the vision and mission of the church. TLCC is located in West Orange, New Jersey, and is known for its vibrant diversity and robust leadership culture. Today, we are talking to Ben about directing for IMAG. Please welcome to the Tech Arts Podcast, Ben Stapley. Hey, Ben, how you doing? I'm doing great, David. Man, I sound a lot more impressive after you read that long intro for me. Thank you so much for setting me up there. Hey, but thank you for having me here on the Tech Arts Podcast. Love your heart. Love the podcast. Love how you empower the church, capital C, to crush it for Jesus. I appreciate you. Appreciate being here. Yeah, I get done with your bio and I feel, I'm just exhausted, man. You're I'm like, how, I know, I need a how break. Do you, how do you do all of that? So, <laughs> but I do have a question here. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your family. I'm assuming you live in New Jersey. You pastor, I mean, you're an executive pastor there uh, at a church there, but tell us a little bit about yourself. Real quick, so I'm a, I'm a Canadian citizen, so you might catch a little bit of the accent throughout, but I got married to a Jersey girl. She brought me down here and I uh, actually started my career in television in Toronto, Ontario. Then she brought me down here to Jersey. My game plan was to always bring her back up to Canada. It never worked out, P.S. Uh, <laughs> but then it was in Jersey for the first uh, about 10 years of my ministry career. Left, uh, went down to beautiful, sunny Miami. Most people, when they leave Jersey, they don't come back. I'm one of the few exceptions that have actually come back to the state. So I'm back here now, uh, and I've been involved in, like I said, um, television to start, but I've been involved in ministry for about the past 15 years. And uh, I love empowering technical artists, directors, people who, who have the know-how to get the things done to proclaim Christ. So I'm excited to, to talking to them, talking about some of the nuts and bolts about IMAG, but more importantly, some of the leadership um, qualities that are needed from themselves to make sure they get what they're what the desire is across the finish line. But sometimes there's a gap in terms of what they want to do and then actually executing it as well. So I'm really excited for this conversation. I get what you're saying about empowering technical artists. I get what you're saying about um, the creativity that I think a lot of technical artists feel like they're, uh, they're the behind the scenes. They're just the button pushers. And um, so I think it's great to have you on for this conversation directing for IMAG. But I know there's a lot of people sitting there They've come off of their Sunday service. Uh, they have, they're listening to us right now. What They're thinking, what is IMAG? What is this word they're using, IMAG? So help, us yes. e- help explain what is IMAG. So first of all, if you've just come off of Sunday services and you're listening to this on your way home, first of all, get a big nap. You know, God, God, Psalms 127.2, God gives rest to his people. First of all, get a big nap. Uh, And then second of all, as you're going into your week, IMAG, what is this? Um, Image magnification, it's short term for that. So basically what happens in the room, how are we magnifying that with visual displays, uh, LED walls, projections? Basically, how do we take a camera, put it in the room, and make sure that we're able to show what's happening on stage at a larger degree so that people in the room can see it for for two a couple reasons first of all especially if you have a, a really if you have a deep room and you're just you got people sitting in the back and it's hard to see what's happening on stage it magnifies that so you can see that and the other thing too is if you have a really wide room and you have bad line of sight issues because you're kind of looking at the communicator from a profile perspective which I'm looking at I'm trying to look at the camera right now so our audience feels like I'm engaged but if I if I give a profile and do this the whole time I can tell you right now uh, our listeners are going to be a little less engaged if they see a profile of me of, or of anybody. So it helps those people. At the end of the day, IMAG is meant to help make the experience more engaging by getting closer to the subject and seeing them front on the majority of the time. Yeah, what I tell people is, 
you know, we want to appeal to visitors. And when a visitor mm-hmm. comes, they don't, they don't sit on the front row. That's not True. where they sit. They True. sit in the foyer. They sit in the back of the room. They sit most of the time as far away from the, the platform as they possibly can. So what, what iMag does is it brings you closer to the personality that's on the, on the platform. Or if you're a visitor and you're sitting in the foyer because you have a kid and you're not sure about the nursery and everything like that, a lot of times it will engage that person uh, as well. But one of the questions I have here, because you know, some churches, they, they use iMag for their sermon, but they don't use iMag for like worship. So when is the right time to use iMag? Do you uh, want to use it all the time? Or what, what is the right time from a creative perspective? That's a great question. And some of the stuff is going to get very subjective. So I'll, I'll give that caveat, first of all, that uh, a lot of this is what you feel God is leading you to do in your church. So you're going to hear my opinion, you're going to hear David's opinion on this. But at the end of the day, it's what your church leadership think is, is best for to reach your guest in your context, because there's not a one size fits all. That being said, in terms of, uh, in terms of IMAG, again, you likened it to the visitor. How do we connect them? The other thing I liken it towards is it is a it's an emotional experience. There's you know, church services should hit three things: the the head, the heart, and the hands. How, how we think, how we feel, and what we do. It's not just a TED talk. The message. There's something emotionally compelling towards it, and because of that, you need to connect with the emotions of the communicator. Like I'm I'm literally trying to get as close to the camera as possible with you, so people see me. Um, and so th- now that applies that principle. How do you connect to the emotional tone of what's being communicated, not just in the message, but also during the worship, even during your announcements? Um, oftentimes, you're, you're hosting your announcements is kind of seen as the, the the redheaded stepchild of the service experience, right? Nobody likes that. Let's just get this thing over with. Um, but even that, if someone's casting a compelling vision for your upcoming Christmas services, you want to see that on their face. So I would I would advocate for everything. Um, but with that being said, um, I would. I would make sure that you lead with the, one of the whys behind it, that this is serving your congregation. So if, you, if it comes to that, then, and you can say this serves a congregation, seeing our worship leader, seeing our host, seeing our speaker or preacher, then do that. But if it doesn't, if it doesn't serve them, then don't. The reason I say that is because sometimes in some church cultures, it can inadvertently become a diva moment for the worship leader, right? I'm on, I'm on stage, I'm on screen, everyone's looking about me. And instead of using that for me to point towards God, it's kind of pointing more towards me and my worship style and how I'm worshiping. There, there is a tension there, um, I'd say a higher tension when it comes to worship, navigating those waters, but I think those, na- those waters can be navigated and should be. But if, you're, if, you, if there is some, some tension with your worship team right now with... Um, it becoming more about them, then I'd have those conversations first, get that heart posture right, and then after you've done that, then apply image magnification for them as well. Because if you, if you, it seems like there's something behind this question here, and if that's the behind, I would definitely push into that in case that is happening with your worship team, which it, which it happens for all of us, even preachers. It can happen for them as well, not just the worship team. Yeah, I'm an advocate for for the entire service being done with iMag as well. But what I like to tell people is, if it comes down to budget and kind of your starter in, you know, your first toe into this, um, you know, obviously the pandemic has changed a lot of things where you have to have video cameras for everything so that you're streaming at home. But in the building, 
if you're trying to simplify some things and simplify your budget, sometimes starting with the sermon is a great uh, place to start. And then adding worship, secondly, uh, once you kind of understand what you're doing, can kind of help you ease into the budget. But I'm a big uh, proponent. And that was that was more likely pre-pandemic. Now everybody's kind of all in because of the streaming thing and and everybody watching from home. But I think if somebody were to ask me, you know, how do we get started? You know, there are 50-person, 100-person, 150-person church. How do we get started? We don't have a lot of money. We only have a, one or two cameras. Start with your sermon mm-hmm. and then work your way into worship. It's kind of an easier, uh, uh, you know, budget to kind of tackle. And just to t- tag on that, if when you're introducing this, even to— if you're introducing it for the worship, um, you can gracefully introduce that to your congregation, which is a very palatable manner. I remember, you know, I'm going to age myself, about 15 years ago during the worship wars, I was part of a church that was going from, you know, pretty traditional to contemporary. And the lead worship uh, leader always had the acoustic guitar, and he wanted to ultimately lead with the electric guitar. And for two months, he had it on stage on a stand, didn't play it. He just had it on stage to let people know it is coming. You're going to hear me do a riff at some point. I'm going to, I'm going to wail on this thing. And he, he gracefully led the congregation through that transitional moment. So if you're doing that for worship as well, I would encourage that. Because for some people, it might be completely jarring to see not just a motion animation on the projection and the lyrics, but now to see a huge face and a close-up of your worship leader and they're sweating and it might look a little awkward. So even as you do that, think about how to lead your congregation that transition. Wider shots, slower cuts, uh, longer duration on takes. And then as you get more into it, a little tighter, a little faster. But don't try to jump into an MTV music video style production if this is your first foray into that with worship. Go easy with people. Yeah, I mean, you you said something there that I think is key. Um, paint the vision for the church. It's okay to say, "Hey, here's where go where we're going, and here's what we're going to do." I was uh, at a church once uh, where the pastor got up on the platform, and they were getting a lot of complaints about IMAG and so on and so forth. Hmm. And he pointed at the camera and he said, "That camera is a missionary. Hmm. That camera is helping to take the gospel of Jesus Christ." not only to the back of our room, to our foyers, but around the world, that camera operator is a missionary. And at that moment, he painted a vision that everybody changed their focus. They were no longer complaining about the cameras kind of being in their way and all that because they realized, hey, this camera is doing something. And this was, again, pre-pandemic. This was, I thought, very uh, visionary in the way they set the platform for what those cameras do. So, So set the vision for it. It's okay to get up and say, hey, this is what we're going to do, and this is how we're going to do it. But you mentioned some techniques there, wider shots, things of that nature. I'm a beginner in iMag. What are some techniques I should use? Well, David, first of all, I know that's a lie. You're not a beginner in iMag. I've seen your work. It's incredible. So first of all, <laughs> uh, but for the, for the listeners who may say, we're, I'm new, or maybe my congregation's new, or maybe the team of volunteers I'm leading, or myself as well. Uh, for anyone who is experiencing newness here, there's a couple of basic uh, principles that um, that would apply, that would serve them uh, well. The, the the one is it's a little philosophical, but it's helpful to uh, to remember is to remember that you're serving the needs of your congregation, not yourself. The reason I say this is sometimes you might get. Um, someone who's less technically minded, but maybe more artistically minded. And this experience is for them to show their artistic flourishes. No, 
This is not about you. It's not, a, it's not even about stylistically what you want. It's about what serves your congregation well. I said this because sometimes I've seen older congregations, 50s, 60s, 70s. Um, but the technical director, the video director, the switcher, whatever you want to call that position, is a, a, an 18-year-old, a 15-year-old, a 25-year-old. And they are stylistically producing the service, cutting the service, video directing the service for how they would want it, not for their needs of the audience. And it come, the... It's way too fast. It's way too close. It's tough. So again, serve the the needs of your congregation, um, and not yourself as the technician. Uh, th- would be the first starting point. Some other basic stuff is I would say keep it tight. You know, in the term image magnification, it should be magnifying what you're seeing. I've been a part of some churches, and they have a camera in the back, and it's a wide angle perspective, and that's what they're putting up there. And I and I watch that. I'm like, I can actually see closer than what you're. You're magnifying. This is not this is not working the way it's supposed to be working, and and um, and showcasing it closer. So keep it tighter, and I would always say keep it as tight as possible because and we're going to probably get to this down the road. Because you're not you're not only directing probably for the room, but you're also probably directing for these devices, and the people watching online, watching on their not a huge ten by eight foot projection screen. Um, not even on their TV, not in their laptop, but on their phone. And if they're watching on their phone and the person's far away, then it's really disengaging. So tr- I say try to get as tight as you can. Now, if you have a walker, a per- communicator's walking back and forth, you're going to need to zoom out or you're, you're going to have a hard time following them and they're going to walk at a frame. Uh, or you're going to get everyone motion sickness because you're just swinging back and forth all the time, which is probably a coaching for the communicator on this side, like stay within a box. Um, and we can get to that, but I've, I can hear you wanting to jump in and respond a little bit there. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about what you just mentioned on the devices. Uh, you know, uh, broadcast switch versus iMag switch. A lot of churches uh, they can't afford to have two different switchers and two different people switching. It's it's one switcher. A lot of times, a small switcher. How do you, how do they navigate that between broadcast and iMag? Because Typically with, with iMag, you want to get as tight as you can and, and, and bring people really, really close. With broadcast, it's a little bit more creative where you're taking wide shots and close mm-hmm. shots and, and kind of mixing and matching it. So how, how, do you, how do you talk people through navigating that? Yeah, so you, you've just said a lot. Let me unpack it a bit there and, and add to it. So those two styles, broadcast, what you're saying there is, if, if someone is watching this and they're not in the room, but you're broadcasting it to where they're at, they're in an overflow room, they're at another campus, they're at home watching, how do you stylistically create that? Well, you're gonna do, you could, like you, you said, David, some wider shots, you're gonna do some establishing shots, you know, how big is this room, how many people are in this room, you're gonna show some stage-wide shots, you're gonna do some head-to-toe shots in the communicator, you're gonna do all the type of stuff. If you're just doing strictly broadcast. Now, if you're just doing stri- strictly iMag, image magnification for that room, then you're going to keep everything tighter. I don't need an establishing shot for what this room looks like. I'm already here. You don't, need, you don't need to show me in the room. I know I'm in the room already. So you're going to keep everything tighter. So your, your question is, well, we can only afford one. What do we do? How do we do it? Which do we choose? At the end of the day, I always ask, who is your primary audience? And when I say primary, I also mean primary slash bigger. Where do you have more people watching this experience? Is it in your room or is it online? And if you don't know how to answer the question, then I would say, where do you have your potential, your, your potentially larger audience in the room or online? At that, 
case, everyone says, oh, it's online. We can, our auditorium only seats 500, but we can reach 5,000, 5 million. We, we boost this with a Facebook post. We can, we can reach tons of people online. Um, because of that, uh, I say direct for your primary audience, which would be online. And because of that, lean towards a broadcast style. That's where I land because I want to try to reach more people online. It might not be as conducive for people in the room. But again, I'm trying to reach my primary audience, not my secondary audience. Yeah, one thing I, I like to say when it comes to this question is, first off, you probably can do two switches because most of the modern day switchers allow for aux outputs and some technical stuff that allows you to be able to do two switches. So get some help with your switcher because you probably can do and don't realize it um, where you can route just like your pastor to the screens while you're switching for home and things of that nature. But the worship side tends to be more creative. And a lot of times what I'll say to people is you can get away with wide shots and wider shots and pushes and zooms. You don't want to sit on a wide shot the whole time, but you can get away with those during worship. Whereas during the sermon, people want to see their pastor. Now it's, it's engaging to show audience shots and things of that nature. But if you can only do one switch, a lot of times I'll say, do your creative wides mm. and different shots during worship. And then during the sermon, keep it as tight as you can. It satisfies IMAG uh, during the sermon. It satisfies for the most part broadcast and what people are looking for at home. Um, I love what you're saying. A hybrid approach in terms of, hey, do broadcast during worship. And then, I, you know, stylistically IMAG during the message. The other benefit to that approach, just because I think there's a lot of wisdom in what you said there, David, is generally speaking, most people during your worship set are going to run your house lights pretty low. So if you do a crowd shot, you're just seeing the silhouettes of people, the back, the back of their heads. Um, and then during message, you usually have the house a little brighter so people can take notes if they want. They can look at their, their, their Bible. They can look at the people beside them if they want to be really creepy. Um, so, so in other words, during worship, when you have those wide shots, it's not like, oh, there's Aunt Mary or, oh, I didn't know Frank is in the service. You can't identify who people are. And then when the house lights are bright and you could identify who people are from their, the back of their heads or their silhouettes um, or if you're doing profile shots, you, you're not going to see that because you're going to do a, a head to toe on the communicator, knees up or waist up or even a bus shot. So I like that hybrid approach because of that as well. Doesn't um, I've been a part of services where I spend more time trying to figure out who's in the service during the wide shot than engaging in the content when that happens. You talked about it earlier. You talked about different personalities. Mm -hmm. um, who is the right personality for directing iMag? When it comes to who is a good person to be a video director, um, I'd say a couple of characteristics. One is a calm. So it is a pressure scenario if you've never been a part of it you've got multiple feeds you know probably at least three cameras sometimes up to 13 who knows how many cameras you got the the pressure of the moment that this is happening real time i'm not like editing a video by myself and i can take my time no this is happening right now um oftentimes things are planned to the minute or even sometimes in a lot of church services to the second and to try to be on top of that and not miss cuts is a real can be um, an anxiety inducing experience for somebody. So you need to be able to be calm. You need to, most people in these scenarios like actually the, the, um, the adrenaline and the, uh, and uh, that, that moment, that pressure cooking. So you need to thrive on that. You also need to be somebody who is able to be in two time zones at once. And what I mean by that is you need to be in the moment so that you're producing it and you're where it's happening right now and it is happening well, but you also need to be living 
in advance what is coming up next and that always needs to be in the back of your mind because you're setting up shots okay we're coming out of this bumper video hosts are coming on they're coming on stage left camera three get ready to pan with them as they walk on stage let's start with a head-to-toe shot so we can follow them well and then camera two you're going to get a tight shot on the first communicator which is the gal stage right so get ready with them so you're you're doing both those things the whole time being in the moment and one step ahead and so calm um being ahead of the curve and then the last characteristic i would encourage for people who are in this role or to develop in themselves because it can be developed and I, this is one for myself to develop is to be an encourager it can be tough where at least i have when i've been the video director to feel the pressure of the moment and to let that stress cascade down to my camera oper operators who are 99 percent of the time volunteers and that pressure can make it for an un enjoyable serving opportunities and where i'm just flagging not enough headroom give me more lead room you got to zoom out and it can all be critique critique which it needs to so they can develop but when are you finding times before the service happens after the service happens even during the service to encourage them a great time of this is during videos whatever video you got 30 seconds 60 90 seconds team you're doing a great job camera three i love that movement on the jib great job that's why hey, i want to thank everybody for serving today you're doing incredible okay let's jump back into it you need to look for those moments to encourage people if not it can just feel like critique 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 so those three things i did i would push for video directors yeah and i, I think having calm is key you know, a lot of churches try to jump into this without communication or headsets where they can talk to the cameras and understand what's going on. And uh, they they kind of think they can just have the camera shooting and everybody does their job. But no, you need to have communication. You need to be able to talk to each other. You need to be able to understand uh, and, and communicate, push, pan. Uh, you're doing a great job. All of those things uh, need to be a part of what you can do. Uh, when you add cameras, and uh, that's oh, I'm glad you brought up the calm and being able to encourage uh, not just calm but communication and mm. being able to <laughs> calm communication, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the calm communication. Uh, you know, that's that's actually I need to I need to do a podcast on calm communication because that's a big deal when it comes to uh, the tech and cameras and audio and video and lighting. But here's one I like to ask almost everybody when it gets into video, and that is, should your directors have a musical background or know how to play an instrument? Is that key to being a director? I think it's helpful. I think it's beneficial. I don't think I've ever seen it go sideways, um, but it is super helpful. Generally speaking, most services are, um, are two-thirds message and a third uh, worship with a little bit of announcement shoehorned in there. And because most church services structure that way, a third and two thirds, well, if their worship is gonna be a third of their service duration, 60 minutes, 90 minutes, two hours, you name it, that's a, that's a, that's a lot of um, the service that is directed towards music. And the artistry that goes there is not just from the people on stage, but just cinematically, visually, how are you supporting it and how does it work with it, complement and not compete against it? So because of all those reasons, I it's a large part of the service. And stylistically, it should complement it. I would advocate for, um, I would be a proponent if someone said, oh, I also play drums or I also do this. Now, my caveat is this, whatever their musical bent is or whatever their instrument is, you need to be careful. Because you can always see when you, um, 
when a video director is a musician in the background because they will always highlight the musical instrument they play. So, like, why are half the shots the bass player? Well, I pay <laughs> bass. Oh, okay, I got it, I got it. So I just encourage them, don't overemphasize what you, are, what you enjoy in terms of a musical instrument. That's a um, really tight shot of the snare. <laughs> why do we keep seeing the snare? You love that snare, don't you? The snare. Uh, <laughs> um, the cowbell. Yes. Yeah. Wow. You must have been a percussion in elementary school. You got that vibe to you. So yep. that's general. In particular, it's tempo. You want to cut on the beat. And so whatever that is, it, you know, and oftentimes you, you can see, you can physically see when a video director has a musical background because they're, they're moving to the beat. And you can't, if you're just listening to this, you can't see me about a language, but I'm, I'm, I'm moving to a uh, beat in my head right now, and I'm cutting towards it as well. And even beyond the music, that helps them in relationship to the communicator because there is a tempo, there is a flow, there is a musical style towards every communicator, and I'm kind of emphasizing that right now myself and doing that. But when do you cut? You cut for them on the end of a sentence. Boom, cut, which is hard for most communicators because they oftentimes do run on sentences and there's no pause, but there's a flow in every communicator, whoever it is, even, even the most stoic communicator who is just, you know, cement shoes behind the podium, they still have a flow to themselves. So how do you highlight that with your video directing? Uh, some of the musical background is, is beneficial towards that. And then also they know, they know, they intuitively will know how songs are structured, Okay chorus, you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, chorus. They know some of that stuff and they know this song's going to end. I can hear the crash out coming to go. Let's cut to the GoPro and the jump cage and we see him crashing out. Great. They know that. They know when there's an, uh, an upcoming instrumental bridge and okay, we got to cut to something. I don't know what it is, but I, I don't want to see a worship leader with her eyes closed with her hand up, but what is it? They intuitively anticipate all those things and I think there's a benefit to that. Yeah, I agree. And one thing that I like to say is that your director should at least be open to understand music and how it works and flows, even if they don't have a musical background. And the reasoning is, um, you know, the band and the worship team on stage, almost every single one nowadays is going off of click and guide, and they have something in their ears that is telling them what's next, what's going. Even if they're not doing that, they have a talkback person who's kind of communicating to the band members on the platform as to what's happening. And that tends to be put into where the director is at, too. When, as you get to a higher and higher level of directing IMAG, you'll be listening to those cues and those calls as well. And so you need to understand why they're starting the clicks and stopping the clicks and, you know, what is one? We're going to land on the one. I mean, you've got to understand some of those things. So if your director is opposed to learning anything musical, they're probably not in the right seat. But mm -hmm. if they're open to that or they have a musical background, you're going to excel with them. I get this one all the time. How many cameras should I start using when I get into iMag? I would, great question. I would start with at least three. Um, that gives you for, you know, if nothing else, you, you need at least two. So you're cutting from one to something else and you're not just on a static shot. That, that would be, um, I would say, if you can't have the budget for two, you shouldn't do it just because... Um, for transitional moments, how do I cut from one thing to another thing? Other than the camera just wildly swishing around or zooming out and zooming back in. It's, it's a, you're laughing right now. You've seen that happen. I, I know that laughter, David. You've Many seen times. that happen. <laughs> so if you only have budget for one, don't do it. Um, 
But here's the thing. If you and so you're like, okay, we got. But uh, you know, I heard David say on his podcast, if you got two cameras, no, if you if you only have two, then you need a really good team because every time you're cutting from something to something else, and and there's no room for grace. When you have three cameras, you have what I call it's a bailout camera. So if you got a tight shot, a medium shot, and a and a head to toe shot, or even a stage shot, that oh something's happening, we don't know what it is. Ah, what do we do? You cut to your stage shot. And okay, we figure it out. Now we get the cameras reset and we punch back in on whatever we realize is now happening. It gives you that grace. Uh, three cameras. So from my perspective, a bare minimum is, is three cameras to, to start with. Because if not, you just, if you can't afford three cameras, then I know you cannot afford a, a professional to run this gear. So you're relying on volunteers and it is way too much to rely on a, on a 12-year-old camera operator to be knowing this and doing this with a high level of excellence again and again. So Ben, from a leadership perspective, uh, I'm the director, I'm the technical director. Uh, how do I lead in terms of working with my pastor or working with those that are on the platform? Um, you know, they're running into places where there's no lights or, or they're doing things that are creating some issues. How do I, how do I lead inside of, of directing? Yeah, or the lead pastor is pacing back and forth across the whole stage, and you're saying, stop, could you stay at a stationary post? Yes, so oftentimes there's a tension between what the, what the technical director, what the video producer sees in their mind, and then what actually gets executed. And when I've had these conversations, I'm sure you've had this as well, oftentimes the, the gap or the hurdle that needs to be overcome is something as simple as a conversation where I've had multiple conversations with technical directors over the years, and they're like, my, my lead pastor does X, Y, and Z, or we can't do X, Y, and Z. And I'll say, when you brought that up, how did they respond? And oftentimes they sheepishly say, I haven't. And so my encouragement for people listening to this podcast, and if you're listening to this podcast, you want to grow your craft, and beyond grow your craft, you want to reach more people for Jesus and do it with less distractions and higher excellence not that that's a God that we worship at, but you want to do it to the best of your ability. And sometimes you're frustrated because you just feel like you're, it's so low in what you're doing and it could be so much better. Reach out to your lead pastor, cast that vision. Not that you're trying to spend money because you're trying to be the cool church, but you think this is going to accomplish the mission of the church. And if you come at them, they're definitely going to listen. They might not execute, but they, they will listen to that conversation. They'll have that conversation with you. And then when you come at them and say, I think this needs to be changed. Give them uh, your give them your your want list and your need list. So at the end of the day, you know, pastor, this is what we need to do. Th these three different things. I just I need you to stand in a ten foot box because once you we don't have the lights, and once you walk out of that, you get dark. It is I need you to do this because it looks terrible. Now, I would want us to buy additional lights, but I got a feeling that's not within the budget. So I at least need you to do that. When you give them options you know, this is my want and this is my need, then it's much easier for them to say, okay, I, I understand how you're coming at me. You're not just asking for $100,000. You're, you're, you're also, you know, that's your want package, uh, but your need package is 10. You know what? Let me meet you in the middle. Let me, let me get you 25. I'll get you some of your needs and some of your wants. When you come at them and you cast the vision as why you want to do this to reach more lives for Christ and you give them options, it is a, that is oftentimes, nine out of tens, the ball gets moved down the field. And even if it doesn't, you know you've done your best job to cast that vision and it's outside of your hands at the end of the day and you can sleep knowing you did your best and you, you brought your expertise to the table. Whether or not it was responded to, that's no longer on your shoulders. So that would be my last encouragement for the, 
the people who are looking to advance and make improvements with her iMag or other visual communication. Yeah, I completely agree. Present the solution with as little budget needed. And a lot of times if you present the solution, say, hey, pastor, like you said, Ben, I need you to stay inside this 10-foot box because when you go outside that 10-foot box, you're dark. If you stay inside this box, I don't need any money for lights. Well, a lot of times a pastor will look at that and say, I, I don't want to stay inside the 10-foot box. I really need to move farther. And they'll come back and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to approve the budget to get you some more lights. If you just come in and say, I need more lights, that doesn't, he, you know, it's a totally different feel that he takes from that. He's like, oh, you just want more money. But if you come in and say, hey, pastor, here's my solution without presenting you any extra budget money. Most of the time, the question will be, well, if I want to go outside that box, you know, what's it going to cost? And then that leads you into presenting budget numbers versus you just coming in and saying, hey, it's going to cost more money. So I really like what you said there, Ben. It's about presenting options, your needs, your wants. You know, um, I like to tell people what's eye candy, what's not. So, you know, like if you're doing lighting for, for, you know, your video, um, you know, as a bunch of colors in the back, yeah, that's awesome. And it really helps the look, but key light is probably more important, you know? <laughs> so, you know, kind of understand your needs and your wants. And when I say key light, that would be the lights that, that light the people's faces in the front. So understand your needs and wants. And I, I think what you said there was, was really awesome, Ben. So Ben, I, I know you have a blog up. I think it's at benstapley.com slash blog directing. Is that correct? Yeah, that's what we, some of the content that we hit, hit right there, it can be found at that blog, and then additional content can be found at benstapley.com slash blog as well. So I appreciated sharing it, but I just want to scratch the surface. More content is there and other avenues for you to grow your game. Yeah, you're also going to be at the Wave Conference. Is that correct? Yeah, we're going to be in Orlando this coming January with Ron. I think he was just on your podcast, and I'll be, uh, I'll be talking about AVL, why it matters, which is super helpful. I know the old saying, vision leaks, right? So why why are we doing this? What is the importance of AVL and casting vision for any of us who may have gotten you know, dry or have lost heart to encourage us? It does matter, and this is the reason why. Yeah, so if you want to sign up for that, you can go to wave-event.co. Uh, ben will be talking there. Uh, also, how do they get in touch with you? So if they want to book you, they want to bring you into a conference, uh, they want to understand how to do iMag better, audio, video, lighting, how, how do they get in touch with you? Yeah, if it comes down to probably the best step for people who are listening, if, if this is helpful, but you're like, man, I need to take two or three more, four more steps down here, I encourage you to go to benstapley.com slash coach. I'd love to give you a half an hour free consultation here about the tensions and problems you have and see if I'm the right person to help you overcome them. Yeah, Ben, this has been awesome. So many helpful insights. If you want to get in touch with Ben, please go to that website, Ben stapley.com that's ben s-t-a-p-l-e-y.com such an amazing resource thank you ben for coming on today thank you for having me david well that's a wrap for today's episode i can't wait to talk to you on the next episode of the tech arts podcast until then i'm david loishner signing off by wishing you a great day and praying god blesses every moment of your week see you soon you have been listening to the tech arts podcast 
Presented by Digital Great Commission Ministries. DGCM is a 501c3 nonprofit that was started to help churches with all things technical. Whether you need help building a team, finding the right gear, or just a better understanding of the church tech world, DGCM is here for you. Find out more about our free on-site visits, reports, and consulting by going to audiovideolighting.com. Digital Great Commission Ministries will help you run your church service like a pro. Find out more at audiovideolighting.com. Thank you.